0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. I'm your host, Joey Levin, joined, as always, by the two-time NBA champ, Heat legend, Norris Cole. Norris, where where are you today? Are you Lithuania, France, where are we at? Where are we at, bro? <laughs> Right now, I'm in Le
0: Mans, France. Right now, we have a away game in the the French League. So, I'm in Le Mans, France right now.
1: Now, let me ask you this. Are you guys – are you doing as well as the Heat are doing right now? Because the Heat – our Heat are rolling right now.
0: (laughs) The Heat are on fire. There's not many teams in the world doing what the Heat are doing right now.
1: (laughs) That's pretty true. That's pretty true. And we are – oh, and we're going to get way into that this episode. There is so much to get into. I mean, we got – I mean, we have to talk about – I, what I think he Twitter is calling, they're they're trying to figure out what to call it. Is it hashtag Jim VP or is it MV three? Yeah. Like, what are we? What's the campaign? And we're going to talk about it because it we may, it might be that time to start getting on that train for Jimmy because Jimmy's Jimmy's having one of the best seasons of his career, and this defense just keeps keeps on rolling.
0: We definitely want to give Jimmy his flowers. I don't want to talk about the MVP stuff yet, but, oh, but he's definitely have... our he's definitely our MVP down in Dade County right now, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the it, it, and I personally, and I know you're gonna love this part when we get later into the show. When we get down to it, I'm gonna to have to give a player on the Heat. I'm gonna to have to give him his props, even though every week I try to figure out a way not to give him his props. I'm gonna have we're gonna to have to get into Kelly O. I have to talk about it, and I, I I have good things to say about Kelly O this week, and I know I know you're going to be happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm happy just for Kelly O, so that so that we yeah. can kind of give him a break. <laughs> yeah,
1: I well, look, I think the way he's played, particularly over these past four games when Bam's been out, which we'll get into, I think he's probably saved his spot on, on the Miami Heat roster as as we. Get close was we're about as we're recording this on March fifteenth, ten days away from trade deadline, because there are some very interesting names now firmly available because they've basically been benched by their teams and made agreements that they will not play until they find a new home. So we're going to get into all of that, all of that. But we'll see. Yeah, we will see. But first, let's talk about our our people. We got to do it every every week. Our guys over at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The second half of the NBA season is in full swing, and March Madness is officially here. Selection Sunday was yesterday as we're recording this. And, man, schools, they're making their way into the tournament. They're trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, figure this out. I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to pick other than I know Florida State. What's that?
0: I said shout out to Cleveland State, baby.
1: Cleveland Are you guys in? State. I honestly haven't yeah, even looked at in. the brackets. I just yeah, know Florida Horizon State's League
0: in. Champs, man. act like you know.
1: Hey, look, I don't know. I don't know because hey, I haven't I'm, watched I'm much.
0: Let you know, the Horizon League champs is none other than my alma mater, the Cleveland State University.
1: Well, I hope you're not in the same bracket as Florida State because last time we played, you guys, we discussed on this podcast what happened. It wasn't good for Florida State. It was not good for Florida State. So I hope that doesn't happen again. Um, but look, the tournament. Is it's about to start? So the hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest as Bet Online is the spot f- to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert, man. Norris, I, I had some trouble getting through that one, huh? Man, that
0: was tough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling to get on? through th-
0: hey, call it March Madness.
1: <laughs> it's March Madness, man. I got I got I got my, myself all twisted up on that read, man. <laughs>
0: that
1: was it's something. This March Madness for everybody. It's all good. It's all good. It's that time of year. But hey, look, you know what else? We we it was daylight savings last night. I didn't even know. I've lost hours of sleep. I didn't even know. Maybe that's what it is. I'm I need a, an extra hour. I'll take a nap after we record this. But also, more importantly, I'm not talking about college, but I'm not a college basketball guy. Let's talk about the Heat. We got to talk about Jimmy. That that is my look, the Heat have won. Everyone's talking about nine, they've won nine of their last 10 or 10 of their last 11 or 14 of the last, however you want to put it, they are on an absolute tear. They've won dating back to before the break, they have won four in a row since coming back from all, no, excuse me, three in a row since the break, four in a row dating back to before the break. It's just, since Jimmy Butler came back, this team is, like you said, there are very few teams on the planet doing what the Miami Heat are doing right now. And I know you don't want to discuss the MVP thing. I know you don't, but there's, when you look at what Jimmy Butler's done since he's come back the Heat, they're they're 15 and six since he's come back. There's a, that's the third best win percentage in that timeframe. There's only two teams with a better win percentage in that time frame: the Suns and the Nets. The Nets are the best team in the East right now. And the Suns very, very well might end up with the best record in the West. They are playing out of their mind. The Heat are the only team, they're right behind them and they're barely behind the Nets in win percentage. And it's direct correlation with what Jimmy Butler has been doing, especially over the last six to seven games that he's played it's been even on a higher level it's it's absurd
0: yeah Jimmy is on a tear right now man he's playing the best basketball so far he's played this whole season which the team definitely needs at this point he's definitely um he's definitely our most valuable player no question um it's, it's a little early for me to you know, I don't want to jinx anything I just want things to keep going the way they're going keep playing you know high level basketball and then at the end. You know, we can discuss that, you know, because, you know, the MVP is not just about, you know, the last few games last month or so. It's about, you know, the whole season. And obviously he kind of struggled to start the season. So I just want him to continue finishing the season strong playing like this. Then I'll feel more comfortable, you know, saying, you know, he need to be in that MVP discussion. But it's definitely no question he's playing MVP caliber basketball at this point in time.
1: Yeah, well, and I and, and I think it's interesting because I I want to know because we've we've we had very heated discussion about MVPs and and yeah uh, and what the what the award means, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when you look like look at the last the last six games that Jimmy Butler's played, he's averaging 30 points a game, nine assists, six and a half rebounds, three steals, and he's shooting almost 30 percent from three, which is a big deal for him. It's a big deal. Um yeah. It is. And, and we talk about value, right? I think the fact that he missed all those games and now the heat are playing the way they're playing makes him a more valuable player than a number of guys who are being considered. Like, for example, I was on Bet Online earlier today and I was looking at the MVP odds. He's not in there, he's not even listed. I'm on bet on I'm on basketballreference.com's MVP tracker. They track the top 10 guys for who they think is in that running for MVP, he's not on the list. That seems a little bit, for the way he's playing this year and the way they've played, particularly since January 30th, since he came back, I feel like he gets left out of All-Star. Understandably, they have struggled because of the games he missed. But the way he's played over the last 21, 22 games, they're already halfway through the season after 36, 36, 37 games. I think it might be time to actually start getting him in that conversation. Not that he's there because he still has to continue to do it. But like you said, he's playing MVP basketball.
0: Yeah. Let's just leave it at this. He's playing at MVP level right now. I feel very comfortable saying that. And if he can continue this throughout the remainder of the season, I believe that his name will be on, be in there in that discussion, but. You know, some guys have been doing it the whole season, you know, and I don't want to discredit any of what they're doing. You know, Joel Embiid, you know, he's hurt now. You know, James Harden, LeBron, um, you know, the Joker. You know, there's some guys that's that's having, you know, great seasons. But Jimmy, at this point in time, is playing second to nobody. He's, he's playing right at the top of the league right now.
1: Yeah, and I think the interesting thing that you mentioned, those guys that you mentioned, right, is so like Embiid, now we got to see what happens. Cause the injury, cause I, right. I, cause they're playing so well that I don't think he's playing anytime soon. Even if the injury is better, cause they need him fresh for the playoffs. And you exactly. saw the, their last game, they won by 35 and he didn't even play. Um, exactly. LeBron will be interesting because the Lakers have not been as good since AD went down. So we'll see if people knock LeBron on that. Um, and I just, the Harden, I understand what people are saying about Harden, mm-hmm. but I still think with Harden, part of the reason why people are so high on what Harden is doing is because in the back of their minds, they know KD's coming back because he's not doing much different than what he was doing in Houston. But now they think he has a chance to win it.
0: Well, he's playing a different style now, though, that's more respectable. He's not dribbling the air out of the ball, you know, 35 dribbles. You know, he's he's creating great assists. He's efficient. Um, you know, he has a great thing going with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has been playing; <laughs> he's having the best ever. year of his career. I yeah. Think. So you know, so you know, with James Harden, you know, his complete game. He's not playing the same way he was in Houston. I believe that's why. You know, I believe that's why a lot of a lot more people are feeling good about you know mentioning him in the MVP discussion, especially playing in Brooklyn. It's a bigger market. There's more eyes watching, getting to see what he's doing, and obviously the Joker.
1: Yeah, he's not, he, he's having an incredible year. They, they they've been the struggling struggle. lately, but yeah, the the, the yeah. statistically, that's where it becomes value over statistics, right? It be it's it, yeah. and, and also like it's it's almost seems like the the target changes year to year with the award. So when Russ won it, that team was a six seed, so it wasn't the best player on the best team. It was the best statistical historic season, but then with Giannis, well, was, but Giannis won it twice because he was the best player on the best team.
0: Yeah, but even though in those years, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. It wasn't uh, that, just you know, about- Yeah, I know that was a historic season, right? Yeah, yeah that was a, it, was, it wasn't just about stats. It was a historic season. He took a team that had just lost the second-best player in the world and kept them relevant. Normally, when that happens, the team is the under. Yeah, <laughs> Normally, totally. that team is in the lottery. He kept mm-hmm. that team relevant, and then had a historic season, which hadn't been done since what forty years prior. So, you know that that was that was a those special circumstances. Yeah. And then with and then when Giannis, you know, obviously he had great statistics on the number one team, like you said, but he was actually playing most valuable. You know that at least that first one. That second one could have went, you know, another way. But right. That, That first year when Giannis won MVP, he definitely was the MVP of valuable. I mean, because he led his team in almost every category. He played all the positions. He defended at a high level. No, he was definitely most valuable. But like you said, sometimes people change the – they change the narrative. Is it about stats this year? Is it the best player on best team? Is it a little bit of both? To me, it has to be a little bit of both. Yep. You can't be – yeah. You can't have low stats, but because your value – you know, you get to be MVP or you can't have extremely high stats, but your team, you know, is irrelevant. You know, they stink.
1: Um, You know, that, that too, as well. So. Right. And it's like the other night on TNT, they were arguing whether Chris Paul should be in consideration. It's like, come on. I mean, like, no, this is nothing against Chris Paul. That team I think is going to end up with the best record in the NBA. Not by, I think just because of circumstances, the Clippers team tend to blow games Utah has regressed in a big way. They've lost four of their last six. Uh, the Lakers, who knows with AD, what their regular season. But the, the Suns are just just starting to hit their peak now, and a lot of that is them getting Chris Paul. So from a totally value standpoint, I understand it. But he's averaging mm-hmm. sixteen points a game. So can you give a guy? You can't be in the conversation with those kind of numbers, can you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know Steve, Steve Nash, Nash did it, but there's Nash a lot of people who don't. It. There's a lot of people who don't think he deserved those.
0: And he, and, you know, f- for good reason, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean he, but, but nah, it's hard to get him. To Even though he was a great player, it's hard to say he was more valuable than Shaq and huh. Kobe. Kobe. That it was, that was kind of crazy, but his team did beat those teams and he shot 50, 40, 90, which, which is amazing, especially for a point guard, you know, to be able to, you know, with the pace to which they were playing, he was the he was like the quarterback of that of those teams. So but this this is different though. Chris Paul is different. He has Devin Booker who's averaging 25 points a game. That and so, that team
1: is yeah, that's a good yeah. I like that team. So
0: he's 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 a very valuable piece to that team, but I to say he's most valuable over like the Joker or LeBron or Embiid and them who have to carry the load, scoring and assisting and defensively. I just can't, you know, I, I can't say Chris Paul should be in that, in that yeah. discussion, but, but he's definitely a great leader. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable the way he, he teams, regardless of what they say about him in the playoffs, his teams win and they get to the playoffs every year. And he takes, right. he changes the dynamic of a team, but with Jimmy, it'll be fascinating. I think if he can, like we said, he's got to continue to play this way and he's look, he he's kept it up since he came back and I'll tell you what's even more remarkable. And we talked about this a little bit before we started the show is that in this stretch, since he came back, the heat have the best defense in the NBA. And that Mm -hmm. is obviously in big part to Jimmy Butler's credit because of what he brings the team. But the fact that he's averaging 22 a game on the season over these last six games or so averaging 30, a game legitimately putting this team on his back because the offense looks so 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 bad right now, and it, it makes what he's doing even more impressive because they shouldn't. I mean, really, they are hot and they are winning a lot of games. They're probably squeaking by by the skin of their teeth because of the way the offense looks right now. Yeah, Jimmy, it's amazing
0: how he just turned it up. Remember how mm-hmm. you was on him about not being aggressive? I've always
1: and I always have been.
0: And it's just like it's like he heard you and he was like, you know what? Let me show. Let me show what I can do, man. Because he's turned it up in all facets of the game, and with Bam being you know sideline right now, we're going. We may need him to even turn it up to another notch.
1: It's yeah. Well, so Bam is probable, I believe, to play what uh, Tuesday night against the Cavs. We'll see. I personally wouldn't play him because it's the Cavs and no. Yeah, the Cavs, you know, don't
0: want to take no chances, nothing against the Cavs. But we we don't, you know, we got long term goals we got going.
1: here, Right. But you see what. So outside of Jimmy, right. Since he's come back, he's played great, but the offense still right. The offense has gotten a little better. They're 20th in offensive rating in that stretch. 25th on the season, 23rd in three point shooting in that stretch, 26th on the season. But they're 26th. And points in the paint on the season and during that stretch it just there's just i i I think i harp on this a lot but it's starting Mm -hmm. now to really stick out right the reliance on the three-point shot because last year they were second or third in the league all year in three-point shooting so they're doing a lot of the same things they did last year it's just not working because they are not making shots
0: yeah it's tough when you're struggling to score in the paint and struggling from three (laughs) it's like where is your offense going to come from. So mm-hmm. it's amazing it's amazing that they're even playing this well while still struggling from 3 and struggling to get paint points. That just shows you the resilience and how valuable their defense has been. Um and you know, we got a good schedule, you know, after All-Star break this is a pretty helped. this is a pretty good schedule so I, I believe that helped but we got to address this this 3 point shooting, man. I think I think sometimes you know the NBA as a whole relies too much on three-point shooting. The point is to score. That's the whole point. The point is to score. And if you, if you're not a great three-point shooting team, that's okay. You just need to make timely threes and shoot right. for percentage. If you can make timely threes and shoot a high percentage, you know I believe that that's better than a team shooting mostly threes and shooting a lower percentage. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. I and I believe the rhythm of the offense will be better that way as well. Yep. And I, like, for example, we brought up Phoenix. That's a team mm-hmm. that I've said on another podcast, I think they'll finish the season with the best record just because of the way they're playing. And I think the way things shake out, that doesn't mean I think they're going to win a championship. I just think regular season, they could finish with the best record. They're playing great basketball. They take the 16th most threes per game in the NBA. And they have one of the best shooters in the NBA. Is they have that, Devin Booker. They make timely threes, right? They, they, they get into their spots and, to your point that you made a couple episodes ago about the mid-range game, you might not find two better a, ba- a better backcourt in terms of just mid-range play. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are killers in the mid-range. Mid-range and, range killers, and you know, Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler Hero—they all have that in their game. It's just they don't take they don't take advantage of the mid-range, and then there's so many times, and I've harped on this with Jimmy Butler, but it happens with all of them. They get into the paint and then kick it out when they have opportunities to either get fouled or score in the paint. They're just constantly looking there. I love Duncan Robinson. They're still forcing it. They're still forcing the issue with him.
0: Yeah. And and they gotta, they gotta stop doing that. I mean, I don't know no other way to say it. Normally, you know, I'm like, ah, they got to work the process, keep working it. But at this point, no, when you get two feet in the paint, Unless two or three people are on you, then you kick it out. But if it's one on one and you in the paint, you're better off getting a shot up, and then you mm-hmm. have a chance to get a rebound. And then when you get the rebound, you can kick out for three, because yeah. you know it's a scramble on the rebound. But to just be driving, driving it in, kicking it out for contested threes, because if you if you watch, a lot of these shots are not wide open threes. You know, Duncan no. Robinson, they they're draped all over him, and he's still you know catching and shooting them, which that's his job to do. But you know, when you break a guy down or break the defense down, get two feet in the paint, like you said, you know, you got to get a shot, get shots on goal, man. Because the, if you shoot and miss, that's zero. But if you shoot and miss and get the rebound make it, that's 50% you're shooting now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think we're better off, you know, trying that, you know, to, to get some improvement on offense. But I think it's hard for for the Heat to see that right now because they're still winning.
1: Like, yeah, I know. They're it's still it's, winning, it's, so. it's so wild to I me. Mean, it's like it seems like a just a philosophy. I don't know if it's a philosophy or what, but you know like in the not this last Orlando game, but the first they've played Orlando twice since the break in the first game mm-hmm. uh for back from break. Jimmy Butler he was he got a steal and he had a he had a fast break where he was I think the guy I, I don't even know who it was, but most of Orlando's guys that are playing right now are not their top guys cuz they're all hurt. So he had a one-on-one on on the break. He could have, and there's very few guys in the NBA, even the best guys that can guard Jimmy one-on-one, especially in transition. He could have gone right at this dude, got a foul, got a bucket, whatever. He turns around and just hands it back to Duncan Robinson for a transition three. It's just like, I maybe I'm a little old school about this stuff, but a transition three, when you have a one-on-one with one of the best one-on-one Scores at the rim in the NBA, it just it seems like a oh like something that and I'm not I could never knock Spoke because what Spo's doing with this team right now is incredible. But come on, like right. wouldn't you as a coach? Maybe this is just the way he coaches Jimmy is like, hey, if Jimmy's playing this way, I'm gonna let Jimmy do what he does. If that's the decision he wants to make, let him make it. But wouldn't you at some point be like, Jimmy, score, go to the rim? In, this,
0: in, in the situation that they're in right now, I would say, yes, you got to tell them to be more aggressive because they're, they're struggling so much from three and you can't force it. You mm-hmm. can't you can't be like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep shooting and shooting and shooting and forcing it. Like, yeah, you can, you want your shooters to keep shooting, but the guys who are making the plays for the shooters have to be more aggressive maybe to score. Take some of the pressure off those shooters.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: instead of maybe him shooting 10 threes in the game, maybe he only shoots five or six, but his percentage might go up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then what, but, but like I said, it's, it's hard for them to see that right now because they're still winning when they, when they start playing against, you know, you know, tougher competition, you know, it'll, it'll probably be a little bit more obvious or by that time, hopefully they're shooting the ball better in a better rhythm.
1: Well, that's what I'm, so you think it's probably partially like the mindset on their end is like, we're still winning and eventually the shots will fall.
0: That's I, I'm for sure. That's the mindset. Yeah. Because because you can't ask you can't ask Duncan to stop shooting, but that's what no, he no. does. Right. And you can't, and you're not going all of a sudden mid season change your offense totally around. So what you can do is make little tweaks within the offense. And so when you're driving, you know, you still look for your shooters, but also take a look at that basket. You know, take a look at drawing those fouls, take a look at getting a shot up on the rim and then crashing the offensive boards. Yeah. Cause I think I think, you know, because getting to the free throw line can help with shooting. Right. If you attack the paint, you know, and get some shots on goal and draw some fouls, then you get some free throws. Then that three point shot looks a little bit more easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now we've talked about the defense and how amazing and how basic they're winning games because of their defense. Absolutely. And I think part of why they've been able, able, the defense has been great, but I think even a lot of great defensive teams might not be able to overcome the way this offense is playing. But part of why they have is, you know, how there's that thing with, you know, like when the Warriors were great, there was that point in the fourth or late in the second half or the fourth where it was just like, all right, it's time to go. We're going to beat, we're going to beat you down right now. Like it's Over. over. And great, great teams do that. They're not doing that off right now, though. That's what the Heat's defense is accomplishing. And again, I'll point to since January 30th when Jimmy Butler came back. Mm -hmm. second least opponent points in the fourth quarter in the NBA only behind the Lakers, the Lakers. Absolutely. 11 and four in clutch games. Since Jimmy came back, which is games within five points with five minutes to go, 11 and four. Mm -hmm. And since January 30th, the heat have the best defensive rating in the league at 106 points per possession for their defense in clutch time. That goes all the way down to 93. So there's something about this team that not only are they playing great defense, just in games, but it seems like when it matters, which is that fourth quarter and those clutch times, there's this switch now where it's like, all right, time to win. And we're time to win and do what we do, which is you're not scoring points. You're just not scoring. I think that's
0: just a, it's organic to the habits that they've built to know. I have to give a major credit to Spohler and his know their strategy but you also have to give credit to the players of buckling down not many teams in the nba take defense that serious Mm -hmm. obviously as you can tell by how many points have been being scored but i also have to say this when you know that you're struggling on offense if you want to win what does that automatically mean you have to do you have to automatically mean oh, i gotta turn up the defense Mm -hmm. and i think that's just been organic with the heat it's like okay we're struggling offensively but if we can keep the score down and keep the game close, we still have a have a chance to win. So I think because they're struggling so much on the offensive end to score percentage wise, I believe it automatically the team knows: okay, if, if we want to win, we got to shut teams down.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Like even with Bam out, it's continued. And you know, we were talking earlier in the year where Bam was maybe going to play his way into consideration for a defensive player of the year type of year. But even with Mm. him out, the defense has been, and now again, granted, like you said, easy schedule after the break, you still got to do it. It's like, we always talk about these things where, and you know, you know, this firsthand, right? We talked about strength of schedule in the second half, or we talk about, oh, well they played an easy schedule. Doesn't mean you just, it doesn't mean you do it every night. It is, it is it's I you tell me, but in my estimation from when I was working in the league and scouting, mm-hmm. it is much harder night in and night out to play lockdown defense than it is to go out and put up 120 a night.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely you no know, easier to go out there and put up 120 than to have the, the mental fortitude and the the energy and desire to lock down every night. And even though the schedule has been favorable, these are still NBA players at the end of the day and so you know you have to respect all of your opponents and right now they're they're giving the proper respect to everybody because they're locking up everybody <laughs> they mm-hmm. play well on the west coast trip defensively and then they came back after the break and took have been taking care of business on the east coast so we can't say that it's only because of their, their strength of schedule but these teams have uh i don't want to say they've made it easier after the break but We definitely have a favorable schedule
1: after the break. (laughs) Orlando for sure. Orlando for sure. sure. I'll tell you, Chicago is pretty good this year. Chicago, Chicago is a, Chicago Chicago is going to be, if they're not in the top eight, they're going to be in that play in situation. They'll be in the top 10. Um, They've, they've, they've actually had a really, you know, interestingly, I know you don't gamble, but Mm -hmm. they are, I want to say, third in the nba in terms of their record against the spread meaning whether they are favorites or underdogs they are keeping games close all year and that's i've always thought like when i was you know looking at teams that's the sign of a team that is just they're not there in terms of being a a competitive playoff team but they're on the brink right they're the Mm -hmm. fact that they're competing competing in every game means right they may not be there yet but they're like a year maybe a year. Or two away from being a good competitive team, and I think we. What, what was the final score of that one? Miami held them to ninety. Ninety. I about to say held them to ninety points, and
0: you know they got they have some of the best young talent in the league. Chicago. Exactly. Levine. Woo. Yeah, they have. I mean, and um, I, I can't pronounce his name. The, marketing. The, marketing, and it's another one. Um,
1: well, their whole he team. Got, is-
0: he just got drafted um last year. To, um.
1: Well, Pat, they just so Kobe White, who they actually benched the other yep, night, he's now coming North off. Carolina. He's coming I'm off the bench now. I'm talking
0: about the shot Wendell blocker. Carter, Wendell Carter.
1: Yep, he we, also got put. He they're them. They're coming off the bench now. They they Billy Donovan put Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, and then Patrick Williams, the kid from Florida State, who they drafted fourth overall, looks really good for them. Absolutely. So they, have, but Zach Levine, man, Zach Levine. There are not a lot of. I tell you what. We, he I'm glad he made the all-star game this year and people get to see because there are not a lot of guys in the NBA who can do the things, at least offensively, that he can do. He is, a, he is about as dynamic a scorer as there is.
0: What you call the offensive juggernaut right now. <laughs> and,
1: and I tell you, I've mentioned this on other shows. One of the most competitive players I've ever seen in a draft workout when he came and worked out for us in Charlotte. Because mm-hmm. you know how these draft workouts can be. You go to a bunch of them. You don't always – do you want to compete? Do you not – that dude, he wanted to win. He wanted to win the drill. Like any drill, it was, I think it was like four or five guys, and he was out there mm-hmm. trying to kill people. And I always will always remember that with certain guys because it's like not everyone wants that. Not everybody's I, out there trying to be a killer in those in those situations.
0: Well, I was the same way. So I, I definitely understand that. I want to any
1: I want to kill anything moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's 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 pretty, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting situation when you go into how many teams did you work out for before the draft? uh 11 11, yeah, and 11 you went, what, what pick did you end up
0: going uh the 28th pick in the first round
1: 28th pick so 11 yep. did did you mostly work out like bottom half of the first teams or did you work out for any of the earlier teams
0: uh i worked out for everyone i think from pick 17 to lottery on down from 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 the, from the lottery on down so i worked out for chicago boston San Antonio Miami um Houston I think I, I did a Laker Lakers Portland and one other I I'm guessing Knicks. you didn't work
1: out for any of the teams I, I was I think when you probably were the Knicks in Charlotte that was a year before I got to Charlotte, though I was in Memphis that year I was in Memphis I know this is we're getting on we're getting a little off topic but I, this is interesting stuff to me did you ever Could you tell, like, for example, I'll bring Charlotte into this. Could you tell as a, as a young guy, as a college kid going around to organizations and you don't have to talk about any specifics, but could you tell like, okay, this is the kind of place I want to be. I don't know what's happening here right now. Like, this is just sort of like, what, what's the deal? Like, I don't know that I want to be like, when you went to the workouts, could you sort of tell, like, for example, Miami, where you like, yeah, these guys I mean, it's Miami, so they kind of have...
0: I, I couldn't... This is what I... I couldn't tell what type of... I could tell, like, how structured the team was as far as I could just tell by the, how intense they are. But I didn't know if it was going to be a good city or if it's a well-run organization right. or not. I could tell, but I could tell by the differences in the workout, the philosophy of the teams and how they thought. Like, I knew the Miami Heat was a tough... They, they like tough guys. I could tell by that workout that they- They gassed you, right? They don't, they're not looking to do a bunch of, of course, they're going to test your skill level, but they also want to test your mental. They want to test your mental and physical fortitude. So they didn't just want to see you make 10 for 10. They wanted to get you tired and then see if you can make 10 for 10. Mm-hmm. They didn't just want us to play one-on-one. They wanted us to play one-on-one half court, one-on-one, three-quarter court, one-on-one, full court to see what it's like when you're gassed, when you're tired, to see what, what type of heart you have. Cause they know if you can play or not already. But they the only way to tell the difference is okay, how does he play when he's tired? How does he play when I make him do something that he doesn't feel comfortable doing? Like in my workout personally, Pat Riley came out there and was like, we was playing. We was playing at one-on-one at the three-point line. Then he walked – we was playing one-on-one half court. And then he got up and walked out there took the ball and said, give me the ball. He said, anybody can do that. He took the ball and placed the ball down at the other free throw line and said, we're going to play one-on-one from right here. And you should have seen everybody's faces. The other players was like – and I was like, bring it. (laughs) I was was like, I can play one-on-one. From right here, I'm gonna defend full court. You know, I'm like, bring it, and that's and so and you know they see they notice stuff like that, and so when you go around to all these different teams, you can tell by their workouts, you know what their philosophy is as far as what they're looking
1: for in a player. That's a great, that's a great Pat. Right, that's a great Heat workout story. Uh, Oh yeah. Who when you were the this is the last one because this is this is just for me because I want to know because I was who did, did Larry Brown do your workout in Charlotte? No,
0: uh no, he didn't do the workout. I, only, funny, I was MJ, with him. MJ happened to be there. I was so happy that MJ yeah. came to the
1: workout. Did but they make I, you do did they mean, make you palm the balls? Did they make you palm the two basketballs in front of MJ? That's a thing, you know, in Charlotte. No,
0: nah, no, nah, they didn't make us do that. Um, I mean, made, but I had no problem, but they didn't make us do that. it was in my workout, it was I think it was me me, maybe Clay Thompson and Josh Shelby. We were the three. And then it was a local couple, local guys. Oh, forgot about
1: Josh. Yeah. Yeah, But yep. Yeah, it was a it was a good workout. It was a competitive workout. Yeah. ah That's cool. We'll, we should do. We'll do more. We'll do more stories like that as we go on for sure. And by the way, I forgot to mention everybody. If you want to hear more stories like that, go leave the go leave your questions for the mailbag episode that we're going to do soon, and we'll we'll get to that stuff because I know everybody loves hearing those those old stories. Um, all right. We'll get. Let's get back to. Get back this to our heat man let's get let's get back to the heat because i it's time i have to i have to give praise i have to give praise gotta give credit where credit's due. it first i gotta praise someone else and that's our sponsor eBay right you gotta <laughs> praise eBay because whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release you can find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers, $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to eBay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. That was better. That was better. Shout out to eBay. Shout out <laughs> that to was eBay. Yeah, that's a lot better. I, yeah, a lot better. Uh, <laughs> all right. And shout out, I actually have this written in my notes. Shout out to Kelly Olinick because Kelly,
0: yo, baby.
1: Because since over these last four games, since Bam Adebayo bio has been sitting, Kelly Olinick. Kelly Linick, the five man has thrived for Miami at last four games, averaging 16, a game, 8.3 rebounds, four assists, 1.8 steals a block. And most importantly, Norris, most importantly, 52% from three over these last four games. Uh, I think our guy with all the rumors and everything that's gone on now, not no one's untouchable in that position, but right. it seems like he may have solidified himself over these last few games, uh, at least to be the backup five for the rest of the year. Once they make a move to get another four,
0: I'm about to say he's playing really well, and I think part of that is because he's playing the five.
1: Yeah, you know, I believe that. I believe that has something to do with it.
0: Um, he's playing the five. Um, not purposefully. Obviously, it's because Bam has been out. But maybe, maybe we found something with him having to you know play the five more instead of the four.
1: Well, you remember last year in the playoffs when Bam got hurt. Some of the best basketball Kelly Olynyk played in the bubble was when Bam was out and Kelly had to play more of, and he was also more of a backup five last year because of because they had Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. and other guys who could play that stretch four spot. Kelly was, a, and especially after Myers Leonard was basically benched, Kelly O was basically the backup five. So, yeah. you know, he this really probably is more of what his role is. So I will say, got to have him. Like he's playing great basketball, but I also think it does kind of emphasize that they're, they still need to probably go get that other guy, whoever it is.
0: Yeah, I think how he's been playing recently shows that, and like you said, how he played in the bubble. For, for the Heat, I think him playing the, the backup five is probably better for his production than him playing all, all four. Because mm-hmm. when he was playing the four this year, obviously he struggled tremendously. Playing the five is a little bit different. You know, it's a different guy guarding you. Um, you're in a different you know different spot sometimes on the offense. And it's harder to close out. for. It's harder for, it's harder for five men to help and then close out on shooters like Kelly O. Because yep. he's spaced, even though he's playing the five, he still spaced the floor out. And so that's that's a mismatch for a lot of five men.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you this. Here's a, I was looking through um all these stats for the heat. Um, and I was I went, I got to the on-off court splits. So mm-hmm. looking at the stats when guys are team stats when guys are on the court and when they're off the court. And this stat, this actually blew my mind. There's no way any of us could have looked and been like this. This is, the, this is a stat that exists. When Kelly Olynyk's on the floor this year, when he's on the floor, Miami's offensive rating is 111, which is the best that their offensive rating is for any individual player on the floor. When he's Damn. off the floor, when he's off the floor, that drops all the way down to 100. It drops by 11 points. And it's when he's off the floor, their offense is the worst of any individual player when they're off the floor. Wow isn't that isn't that kind of crazy
0: to think about? That is crazy and sometimes numbers can lie, but that number right there saying that maybe because just the threat of him being out there spacing yeah. the floor you know creates lanes for for others but I can't believe that stat especially you know knowing how bad he was struggling man that's a that's a pretty remarkable stat
1: yeah now I think. Now, to, to your point, his backup this year at the four has been Andre Godala, and his offensive rating when he's on the floor is pretty atrocious right now. So yeah, I think so part I'll... of it is... I think he's not you an make offensive a, player. So Exactly, and I think you make a great point of just the threat of having a guy out there who can shoot the ball It spreads the offense. When when Andre Godala is out there, not so much. And by the way, when Godala is off the floor, it's when it's the best that the heat's offensive rating is for any individual player. So maybe that's where that sort of comes in again, an emphasis on why they need to go out and get another four to bolster that position.
0: Absolutely. Definitely. That kind of solidifies that they definitely need another four man. If they want to be in
1: serious contention. Well, the good news is that almost immediately after last week's episode, a four-man came available. And since then, another four-man came available. (laughs) And we've talked about both of these four men a lot on this episode, but now they are officially available in some way or another. LaMarcus Aldridge. Yes, sir. And E.J. Tucker. Yes, sir. Now, very drastically different situations for these two guys. Yeah. Because they're both in their last year of their deal. So that's Mm. one thing. LaMarcus Aldridge makes... $24 24 million dollars. PJ Tucker only makes seven. So to get these things done, you have there's it's different situations. Reportedly, the Heat made or at least broached an offer of basically sending a bunch of their expiring deals. I think it was Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless, and Avery Bradley for Lamarcus Aldridge. And then like throw in like a Chris Silver or something like that. Um, I, I know it doesn't sound like the Spurs were into it or that it's happening, but that's reportedly what they sort of dangled out there to try to get him. Um, and now what they're saying today, or that what's been coming out now is that I think it was the heat, the Celtics and one other team are now favorites to land Aldridge, uh, heat blazers. Celtics are leading candidates to sign him. If he gets bought out. Because $24 yeah, million, think, it, there's not a lot of teams that can make $24 million work and give right. the Spurs back something that they actually want.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not going to even talk about the money side. I'm, I'm going to talk about which one probably fits better. I believe LaMarcus obviously automatically upgrades your offense, but your defense is going to take a hit, period. Your defense is going to take a drastic hit. P.J. Tucker, I feel like he will fit, fit in seamlessly. Like he'll fit in right away, just by the way he plays. He's going to space the floor at corner three. He can defend one through four and even some fives, you know, and if the Heat are trying to do what I believe they're trying to do, which is, you know, every year trying to compete at the highest level, going against teams like Philly and going against teams like the Celtics and like um, the Nets, you got to have multiple 3 and D guys, guys that can defend, you know, wing players, guys that can defend James Harden, you know, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant. you got to have bodies that are willing to defend these type of guys. Multiple people. You know, you can't just think Jimmy is going to guard the whole world. And so I believe T- P.J. Tucker will fit right in with being able to defend at a high level and still space the floor and, and shoot. With Lamarcus, you know, you kind of have to design the offense a little bit around his skill set because he still – he can shoot the three a little bit, but he still – Catch the ball on the left wing, ISO. That's his go-to, and he's elite. He's very elite at that. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't believe you bring him in for him not to play his game. And so I I believe PJ Tucker will, will fit in easier than let's say a, a Lamarcus Argers.
1: And also, we talked about it last week when we talked about PJ Tucker. When he is at his best, he's one of the best corner three-point shooters in the NBA. And for some reason. When I watch PJ, and it's probably just because it's probably partially because uh, you know, Lamarcus is he's a little bigger, he's been the focal point of a lot of teams. He's probably played more minutes over his career. PJ seems a little fresher, even though they're the same age. Like it seems like PJ has a little more in the tank at this sure. point in his career than Aldridge does, but they're the same age, they're both 35.
0: Yeah, but they play different. You gotta think right. Lamarcus. Was the face of a franchise. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wear and tear in your body, you know. He he's been the the number one option for a long time in his career, so he's he's a little more probably beat up than uh, PJ Tucker, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Even though PJ Tucker does a lot of dirty work, you know, a lot of effort and all of that, but when you're the face of a franchise and everything runs through you, that takes a toll on you. So that's probably why PJ, you know, he seems a little fresher, a little more athletic, you know. And I, and I believe that's why he would probably be a better fit.
1: Yeah. Here's what I think. Here, here's what I think that the heat, here's what the perfect scenario is perfect scenario trade for PJ Tucker. Now they they've said that the Rockets want a young player in return. I don't know what that means in terms of the heat. It, cause you know, you, you, then you start to get into the question of like, are you willing to give up a Kendrick Nunn to, to get a PJ Tucker? Because who, what other young player are you giving up to get a 35 year old expiring contract? Tough. That's a tough one. But let's just say they can – maybe they can give up like a, a pick and and give up $7 million worth. They get – go trade for P.J. Tucker. Then just hold out and hope that no one wants to give up $24 million worth of money to get LaMarcus Aldridge and he gets bought out. Come on down, LaMarcus Aldridge. We'll sign you for the vet minimum too. Come on now. Very. That's a crazy scenario right there. Hey, <laughs> that – I think LaMarcus Aldridge has I there was discussions I believe about him potentially coming down to Miami at a at, at a point before he ended up in San Antonio. So it was so I if, if I, don't know does,
0: he's a, a, I don't know if he's a I'm I don't know if he's a I'm going to be honest I'm not sure if he's, his personality is a is a Miami heat personality though.
1: Interesting. interesting. And because you know it, it
0: takes a special player, you know, it's not about just coming to Miami because obviously the city of Miami is great to live in, no great weather, tax free and all that but when you show up to work, the Miami Heat is, is blue collar, <laughs> you know, put okay. your heart, come to work, weight and body fat, you know, check-ins, you know, it's a certain discipline, a certain, it's a certain type of player that it takes to be able to wear that Heat uniform. Not everybody can do it, whether you're a star or not, not everybody can. can, can. nobody, not everybody wants to deal with that, you know, that type of discipline. And so I'm not sure if he's, the Miami heat type of player be honest with you but only but he'll have to make that decision but to, from the outside looking in it doesn't seem like his personality is a Miami heat jimmy butler pat Riley type of guy
1: it is interesting because if the reason he wants to leave san antonio is because he wants to go somewhere and win and the teams that he is potentially that that they're saying are the front runners are portland boston and miami It seems right now, obviously, a little bias, but if I'm looking at those three teams right now, Miami seems in the best position. Boston is interesting. The young talent is undeniable. Just not sure that they're built right now to win the East because their depth is just non-existent. And then, obviously, Dame is Dame, but they ain't getting out of the West. And LaMarcus Aldridge is not putting you over – Like LaMarcus Aldridge is not at a point where he's putting – a team over the top. He's just another. He's a he's a nice piece to add to your rotation. So if he's mm-hmm. trying to go somewhere to win, Miami seems like if he gets bought out. I mean, right? I, I think oh, PJ
0: Boston, I think he will help Boston a lot. Actually,
1: take it's interesting
0: actual, take uh, because off those young guys, somebody you can throw the ball into. Yeah, you know, slow things down. Then you got Tristan Thompson that can free up Tristan to rebound.
1: It's true too because they really he would bring back what they lost at least offensively when they got rid of Al Horford. Absolutely. You know, because that they, they they really have not replaced that in any way. And that's yeah. been a big difference. Horford. Uh, yeah, I mean I I guess like at their peaks, right? Yeah, they were for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um well we'll see. I think look, let's just hold out and let's get let's go get mm-hmm. PJ first. Right, right. And then if we get Lamarcus, then it's a bonus. But we also got to see look. Houston is about to. They've lost sixteen games in a row, dude. Like that team.
0: Ooh, I feel bad. Ooh, yeah. Feel bad.
1: Oh my god. That that's my guy down there too, Stephen Silas. That that's yeah. my guy. I mean, I was with him Shout for out five, out five out years out in Charlotte.
0: Shout out to Stephen Silas, man. Keep up the good work. Better yeah. times are coming, brother.
1: Yeah. Well, they're supposed to get Christian Wood back, and this week and. They've lost 16 in a row since he got hurt. So, so let's go. Let's go, Christian Wood. Let's turn this thing around. Speak about most valuable. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's, uh, uh, but that being said, that team is playing. I mean, they, they are really just going young. I mean, they brought up, they've been playing about, so they have a lot of guys that I think could be on the move. Eric Gordon is a guy that people are targeting. Obviously, we know Vic and the rumors with him wanting to be in Miami. So, who knows? Maybe it's a bit maybe there's something bigger there, like because I, I wouldn't mind Eric Gordon when you when you have a team that can't score. Eric Gordon will get you some buckets.
0: That's a fact. I played with Eric Gordon.
1: So he definitely get a bucket. So who knows? Maybe there's something a little bigger in store if we're talking if you're talking about a team that's trying to fire sale their way into some young players and picks. So that's worth 10 days. Got 10 days, Pat. Let's see what Pat's got for us. about to say you know it's still a long time 10 days is still
0: a long time because you know sometimes sometimes 48 hours magical things happen so 10 days is a long time so the 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 zen
1: the zen man you know yeah what he'll figure he'll figure it out it's interesting because i think normally on a in a normal year lamarcus probably would have been traded already i think drummond would have been traded already I think a lot of teams don't want to take on that kind of money in a COVID year where they're all losing money. So I think a lot of teams are trying to just hold out and say, we're not going to – like, we're not taking on a dude that's making $27 million. Buy him out and we'll – or we won't, you know. Like, I, I just don't know that any of these guys are considered major impact guys. I guess you could say Drummond, but I still – you know, the, the jury's still out on his actual impact based on, versus just his statistical output. So, How about this,
0: bro? He's a walking double double.
1: He is, but <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw. You probably didn't see this, and you probably don't buy into it much. But there was like a, an anonymous, uh, an anonymous executive was mm-hmm. uh, was talking about him and said that he, that. that he could get you thirty and twenty and have no impact on the game.
0: There's no way you can say that. I mean, obviously, some guys do put up big stats and they don't impact. Um, their team doesn't have a lot of success, but. If a guy's averaging a double double, that says two things. One, he has a motor. For him to be that active on the glass, that means one, he has a motor. And two, and then two, that means he has a hunger to play. You know, it takes a lot of energy to be down there banging and battling, getting rebounds and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So he has a motor and he's eager to, you know, eager to rebound. Rebounding is a skill in this league, believe it or not. You yeah, absolutely. You need guys who can gain possession because you can't score without gaining possession of the ball. So yeah, he may not be the number one option type of player and maybe that's what that exec was meaning to say, Mm -hmm. maybe number one option, but to say he can get you 30 and 20 and not impact winning. That's not, (laughs) that's not, that's not right to say that, man.
1: All right. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here with the hashtag cold blooded player of the week. I think I know where it's going. I think I know because I know who I would give it to this week because I have to eat my words, but who who you got?
0: So, for the cold-blooded player of the week, one, I want to give a shout-out to Jimmy Butler for his MVP type of play. But for the cold-blooded player of the week, we got to go with our main man, Kelly O. We've been calling you out. We've been challenging you, especially my co-host. He's been on you heavy, bro. But you done came through for us this past week. So you're the cold-blooded player of the week. We want you to keep this play up because the Heat need it in the worst way.
1: Especially, especially the 52% from three.
0: Especially that three ball.
1: Especially the three ball. All right, well, we got Cavs tomorrow night. And then at Memphis, who's been a little up and down. And then back-to-back against the Pacers, who I wanted to, before we wrap up, point out those two games because my last, I got to give a shout out to Karis Levert who played on Saturday, his first game since they he got traded and they found a cancerous mass that they removed. It's mm. probably the best story in the NBA this year, the most incredible story going on in the NBA this year. This guy probably was not anticipating being traded gets traded and it probably potentially not probably, but potentially saved his life. They didn't know how bad it was going. It could have been. I don't think a lot of people knew whether he'd play this year because he had to have surgery to have it removed. And now he's right. he's back and he played and he looked, he looks a little slow, but he's been sitting, obviously he's going to get back into shape, but he, right. he but I'll tell you what, he's still a bucket. As soon as he got in the game, he was scoring. Just shout out to that dude. Shout out to the Pacers for finding it. Just what a I think it's an incredible story and that if he gets back to what he was in Brooklyn as a scorer, Mm -hmm. watch out. Indy's dangerous again.
0: They are, man. I'm I'm glad that he's back. Uh, Hopefully him and his family are, uh, you know, are okay now. Hopefully it doesn't come back. Shout out to Levert, man.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So we'll be back next week and hopefully this, this run, I think this run will keep going and bam, will be back and we'll, we'll keep it going. So Norris, you want to, you want to go ahead and take us out one more time.
0: Heat Nation. Another episode. Make sure you come back next week for more. And Kelly O, keep shooting that three ball, man.